Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. to our new paranormal podcast, Six Degrees of John Keel. I'm one of your guides to the weird world, Barbara Fisher. I'm Kendra Maurer. And I'm Morgana, and together we're the Wayward Sisters, three seekers on the path to understanding the world, which is vastly weirder than any of us like to believe. So, let's talk about what we mean by Six Degrees of John Keel. First things first, who is John Keel? John Keel was a journalist who got his start in newspapers, then traveled the world through the Middle East and Asia, where he studied the street magicians, fakers, and yogis to learn the secrets of magic. While he was in Nepal, he had a sighting of a yeti. He came home to the United States and got a magazine assignment to cover UFOs, and he ended up studying the phenomena for decades. He came up with some of the most innovative thinking when it comes to the paranormal. In 1966, he ended up in Point Pleasant chasing a winged entity later dubbed Mothman, as well as UFOs and the Men in Black. He covered the year-long flap of high strangeness and published it all in a book called The Mothman Prophecies in 1975. His views of the paranormal, not as separate events or effects, but as an interconnected whole, has become highly influential among investigators and authors today. John Keel once said, no matter where you live on this planet, someone within 200 miles of your home has had a direct confrontation with a frightening apparition or inexplicable monster within the last generation. Perhaps it is even your cousin or your next door neighbor. There is a chance, a very good one, that sometime in the next few years you will actually come face to face with a giant hair-covered humanoid or a a little man with bulging eyes surrounded by a ghostly greenish glow. So basically, what he's saying is everyone has a story. Even if they don't believe in the paranormal, so many people will say, I don't believe in that stuff, but I have this story. And that's where we are focusing. If someone trusts you, they'll tell you the story, and that's the meat of it. That's what we mean by six degrees of John Keel. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but weirder. Way weirder. All the weird. That's why we decided to do this podcast. We've all seen things and know people who have. I grew up in a haunted state, West Virginia, and I don't know a single person who hasn't seen something they can't explain. So for me, I wanted to join this podcast because I had so many experiences, especially when I lived in Athens with around Barbara. And they lived in several houses that I visited and there were ghosts in them. And that always fascinated me. And we got to talking, and we more we talked, other people would come to us and talk. So we ended up with a little kind of a small community of people that all had experienced things. And eventually we experienced things together. It's widespread. Um, that's what Keel said. He said, you know, within 200 miles of your home, although at this point I think it's even closer than that. You're going to know somebody or see somebody, and somebody's going to experience something. Um, As Kendra said, I've lived in Athens 
not all together for 20 years, like all in a row, but added together, it's 20 years. And Athens is a very strange place. And since I came, I, I since I grew up in West Virginia, um, that's really saying something because West Virginia is really pretty weird too. <laughs> um, so I decided to do this, this podcast because some friends of mine on the internet had said, Hey, you should, you should do a podcast so you can tell the stories of all the weird things that you've seen and experienced. And I said, okay, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I started reading on Reddit and I saw person after person describing their first experiences with strange things. And these people were scared. They were really scared. And I, I just felt bad for them because after, you know, 40 something years of experiencing things, it's not that I don't get scared, but I also know that it's not likely to kill you. And, you know, if all you know about the paranormal is what you see in horror movies, you're going to be sure that it's going to kill you or you're going to be sure you're going crazy. And I just wanted people to understand, no, you're not crazy. This is just what happens. Yeah, it, it, it is. And John Keel believed that that was the normal condition of the planet. So if most people have a story about one thing that's happened to them, what about folks who seem to see things all the time? There's a big stigma against that. Like, it's sort of seen as more credible if you've only seen one UFO, but if you see a bunch of different things over and over, like, if you see... Even even some researchers will think it's, okay, this person just sees UFOs randomly. Maybe they live in a place with lots of UFOs. But if you're talking about... Yeah, I saw this UFO, and then, you know, three years before that, I saw a ghost. And at one point, Bigfoot was in my woods behind my house. Then people think you're a little nuts, and there's kind of a stigma. Kind of? There's a, a big stigma. It's, yeah. it's, it's big enough that J. Allen Hynek, who was the scientist who worked with Project Blue Book back in the 60s, he coined a term called uh, that he called high strangeness, and high strangeness is the term he used to describe the crazy UFO cases where you had occupants coming out and talking to people because that back in the day people did not report those things, or if they did, the people who were taking the reports didn't write it down um, because and and I can't really blame Hynek for this because. He was working with the, the Air Force, and they just wanted to know about threats coming from the sky, you know, because it could have been the Russians as far as they were concerned. And they just really didn't want to hear about the crazy people who were talking to UFO occupants who didn't look like normal humans. Um, and, and he really didn't like it because there was a credibility issue. But, you know, Dr. Jacques Vallée, who also was working with Hynek, at that time, Dr. Hynek, he said, you can't leave out data. That's not, that's not how science is done. You got to write it down. And, uh, and that's, that's what ended up happening. And that's what Keel did all the time. He always said, you got to write the data down. You can't cherry pick the data. Um, Cause weird stuff happens. Like in Wisconsin in the 1960s, Joe Simonton was a farmer and he goes out near as well, and there's a UFO sitting there, and the door opens, and there's these two little humanoid guys 
and one of them's cooking pancakes in the UFO. And the other one asks for water. And so he gives them a, a jug of water and they gave him some pancakes. Cardboard flavored. Yummy. Because aliens can't cook, apparently. Well, it's because they didn't have salt in them, which is a super big clue. When the Air Force scientists analyzed the pancakes, they were made of buckwheat, some kind of vegetable oil, and water. No salt. Pliny? Russian aliens? See, I told you it was the Russians. Yep. That's it. That's a fud. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We've <laughs> solved it all. It was the Russians. The point is, the pancakes were made of terrestrial ingredients without salt, just as a lot of spirits have aversions to salt. And Hynek and the Air Force did not like these cases. They could not like these cases all they wanted, but they still were happening. Why would Joe Simonton make something like that up and, and, and give somebody a crappy pancake that he had made? I mean, he'd be looked at like a crazy man. So why do it? And he was looked at like a crazy man. Yeah, he was pretty much. Although I, <laughs> I know, I know. Although to to Doctor Hynek and Doctor Valet's credit, they didn't treat him like a crazy man. Imagine being just like here. I, I have these pancakes, and everybody's like, "You're nuts!" You're like, "They're, they're just pancakes." I know, I know, and he did the right thing. He was like, yeah. "Spaceman was landed by my well. I need to call the Air Force." <laughs> like he did yeah. the right thing. Pardon me. You have a shot of water. Sure. So, what yeah. about people who see more than oh one UFO, gosh. or have weird psychic after effects, or they see a Bigfoot with the UFO, or they see fairy lights, or a dogman, or any number of things that are out there? Keel talked mm -hmm. about those people in the Mothman prophecies. He said about 10% of the population have the ability to see above and beyond the narrow spectrum of visible light. They can see radiations and even objects invisible to the rest of us. A very large part of the UFO lore is in fact based upon the observations of such people. What seems normal to them seems abnormal, even ridiculous to the rest of us. People who see ghosts or wandering shadows have these abilities. They are peering in at forms that are always there, always present around us like radio waves, and when certain conditions exist, they can see these things. And Keel began not just looking at the descriptions of what the witnesses saw, but the witnesses themselves, which I think is fantastic. He said in the Mothman Prophecies that while the amateur investigators tend to concentrate on the very subjective description of the observers, I probed deeper and studied the witnesses themselves. Many, I found, suffered certain medical symptoms such as temporary amnesia, severe headaches, muscular spasms, excessive thirst, and other effects, all of which have been observed throughout history in religious miracles, in the appearance of religious apparitions, demonology, occult phenomena, contacts with fairies, mediumship. All of these <clears throat> manifestations clearly share a common cause. He called people who had multiple experiences and sightings or who had latent or active psychic abilities percipients or experiencers. And that's what we are. We are coming out of the experiencer closet, even if we look crazy. And it is scary as hell. Yeah. In my case, it was easier to come out of the bisexual closet because if you're bisexual, you get a pride parade and shit. Like you get rainbow flags and you get cake and stuff. Um, but experiencers, we don't, there's no experience or pride parade unless we decide to invent that, which would be kind of cool. Um, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's really scary. It's not kind of scary. It's scary because That's people, kinda... 
what that's what what the festivals are though if you think about it they're kind of yeah. experience experience your fest you have the moonville festival festival that's kind of our own little pride fest yeah 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 and 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 um uh conspiranormal yeah you know the the conventions and the and mm-hmm. the conferences mm-hmm. well we we st- i want a parade though i want <laughs> we, we need a parade That's we have true. halloween <laughs> we do have yeah. halloween we have halloween in athens halloween. <laughs> there's a big street party in athens everybody gets dressed up and drinks too much and listens to music and and just crowds ten thousand people into like the main street and it's it's big and huge it is really really big yeah and the only real people that get arrested are from out of town so we oh yeah we like to always feel like we yeah. have to say that because people that's, are like oh athens kids no those kids are from columbus they're troublemakers yeah <laughs> no we 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 know all the escape routes which is why we don't know that's right happened. exactly we, we know, know where all the alleyways are <laughs> we know what we know what it feels like when the crowd starts to turn and it's time to go home yeah, yeah. Yep. that too. Yep. That too. We we get out quickly. We're like, <laughs> okay, we've had fun. Somebody get carry out. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and continue the party in safety. Grab me some lamb's garden and hide in the basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Or you know, you get old. You get old like me, and you just don't go anymore. You just yeah, stay same. in your in your mountain fastness on the top of the ridge <laughs> in your house and and listen from their porch you know <laughs> you don't go or, out there anymore yeah. or you're like me and you live on the fringes of town far away from uptown because you're yeah. so over it by now <sighs> yeah pretty and and then kendra just doesn't even come into town for, yeah. for this sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. all right so what are the kinds of things that we've experienced that, you know, leads us to call ourselves experiencers? Well, for me, it's more things that I really like to admit in one sitting um, because it does push that crazy button. Oh, so yeah. when I was little, and I will reference this a lot because it was a big moment in my life. Obviously, my dad died when I was eight. And that was the first experience I had with a ghost was after he passed, I could still sense him around the house. And I saw him a couple times in it, or I saw a ghost. I don't know if it was him, but I, it freaked me out. Um, before that, I had had an incident of remote viewing with my dad. Um, I, I narrowed it down. I, the windshield, my mom and dad were driving home one night and the windshield uh, busted in front of them. And I saw it from my house, from where I was. I was like two and I started screaming my head off. A uh, very long story short, my family got me calmed down and parents came home and we all relayed the story. Um, and then as I got older, I would experienced um, when I was in Athens in the 90s, I was living in Zaleski State Forest and I saw Mothman, which is the single, singular most terrifying incident of my life. Um, and I didn't talk about it for easily 20 years um, you did tell me about it i remember that yeah, and the person was, you were with told me ryan told me gotcha but he told me more than you did he i was didn't, gonna say i don't remember talking much about it at the time because he was you, dropping me off at the at the camp you, I worked at you shook your camp. head when yeah. i said hey ryan told me that you guys saw something 
big and black with with red eyes and he nearly wrecked the car and and you were like uh not i was like okay (laughs) all right i was like okay she's not gonna talk about that that's fine (laughs) i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not going there so when and it's because when i was little i got it in my head that if you thought about it you give it power and you could make it return to yourself so then a lot of cases once i experienced it i'm like check that off the box we're moving on we're not doing that again because that sucked sounds like fun that's fair do not recommend <laughs> so and i kind of zero stars that... on amazon yeah so i kind of tamped all that down till i got into college and then athens happened and you really just can't miss it in athens it's it's truly unavoidable it really is this is just yeah we'll talk town yeah we will talk a lot about athens and we'll be gathering stories from athenians and yeah you're gonna hear a lot about athens here so and that's that's my story or part of it all Um, right morgana what about you oh lord see i'm gonna I'm not going to, like, give a whole dissertation either, but I am actually crazy. So if people feel the need to call me crazy because I talk about this, that's cool. Because you're not wrong. That's just not the whole story. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm not not crazy because I see things, and I don't see things because I'm crazy. I just also happen to be crazy as well. Um... (laughs) So, you know, do you want to go into why you're crazy or how you're crazy? Oh, yeah. I'm bipolar. What's up? There we go. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. My bad. No, bipolar. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, That I'm so used to our family just knowing. Um, So a little bit of everything, honestly. You know, my grandparents had a haunted house that was very haunted, that everybody knew was haunted. Like, my whole family knew yes, it, it was, was haunted because everybody saw the ghosts there, including me. Yep. Um, and I've seen little lights in the trees that before anybody says they're fireflies, fireflies aren't purple. Nor, nor are they, they red, blue. Or nor red. they blue or green. I suppose they could look green if you weren't paying good attention. Not green green. Not green green. Um, I've seen those ever since I was a little kid. Um, Have never had any Bigfoot experiences, and I'm so disappointed about that. You don't really. At this point. I know I don't really, but. I don't really want to. You know, I kind of feel at this point. You know, it's funny because. I I believe that. (laughs) You feel left out. (laughs) It's, I do feel it left is, out. It, I feel it, left out. In the storytelling, it it sounds cool, and a lot of people think, "Oh, if I was there, no. <laughs> if you were there, well, I, there is no. Did. If I was there, if I was there, I would have run yeah. away because that's my that's yeah. my general how I cope with things. Is if it if yeah. it peaks the creepy meter up to up into the red zone, I bolt because yeah. that's sensible. <laughs> yeah, I'm a proud coward. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna survive this. Yes, yeah, cowardice is a survival skill. 
And if I run first, I live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a little bit more sensible than I am that way. I, yeah. I'm not always great at the runaway. Um, I'll stay there just a tad too long sometimes. And, and then you do, you do do that. It's, yes. I mean, I like the Bigfoot the, thing, there've also been some, I, I assume that that, that that was what was making yeah but the the bigfoot thing with the howling and the that was a yeah. horrible sound it was terrifying yeah it scared my dogs who were afraid of nothing and no one except people well okay I've... one was afraid of people the other one feared nothing yeah. um and uh yeah that was terrible and all i had was a flashlight that was dying you had a scully moment i had I... a scully moment i it's the red hair that's what I've it is. Never, I've never heard the fifth man's voice drop like it did when that came up. Yeah. Where he's like, no, never. The, the fifth man, uh-uh. for those who don't know, that's my husband, Zach. And he heard it too. And basically, he heard it from inside the house. I heard it from inside the house. I thought it was one of our huskies howling at first for a second. And then <laughs> I was like, wait a damn minute. Man. That's too loud. What yeah. is that? And Zach came running downstairs and said, do you hear what what's with the dog that's not a dog and we went outside and it wasn't coyotes because we we knew about those and our dogs would have been jumping around excited about that because that's how they got and uh there was there was something running around out in the trees about 60 feet from my house yeah way too close yeah especially since we had huge picture windows and whatnot on the first floor oh that's right yeah, that is not cool. That is so not yeah. cool. And so one of my dogs, I was close to the woods. And so I went out to get her. That's why I went close to the woods. And I could see underbr- underbrush and small trees moving as this thing kept going back yes, and forth. I could hear the footsteps and the, the howling. Um, we'll have a whole episode about this, but... When Kendra talks about Mothman and absolute terror, yeah, that's what this was. Yeah, that's it's like what... you're in a nightmare and you can't scream. It's just there. There's it. It's and... like the reality around you takes the air with it. Yeah, yeah. I was standing there next to my dog who was huddled behind the uh, the heat pump, the outdoor part oh. of the heat pump, and yeah. between that and the house, she was wedged back there. And she wouldn't look up. Um, And this is an animal who was afraid of no other animals. She was only afraid of other people because she had been abused when we adopted her. Yeah. And, but that thing, that sound, she was just shaking. She was big too. She wasn't a little dog. She was a big husky. And she was a husky husky. And (laughs) she, she just was shuddering and whimpering and i took a couple of steps toward the woods for a brief second i don't know what got over me because you had a scully moment (laughs) you were being a dumbass (laughs) i turned into dana scully and was like well you know my my flashlight's not working so i'm gonna walk toward it you know (laughs) and i had no molder there this is why i'm in charge of grabbing you no Mulder would have tore ass ahead of you you had no sensible person there to stop you yeah well yeah 
but you had a dog who I had, had more a dog. sense than you did. She did. I looked down at her. She kind of whimpered as I stepped forward and I looked down and I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is a dumb, stupid idea. And Zach's back on the deck with the phone poised to like dial 911. This is before cell phones. This is how old this is. And, uh, well, we had cell phones, but they were crappy. And, uh, he, he was ready to dial 911. And I, I just, I got a hold of the dog and, and basically, led her back to the house she hated going in the house but man that time she was like yeah we're going in the house <laughs> me uh, first <laughs> yeah, oh yeah she all but knocked me over to get to the house and uh that was that was that and then you know we we then we we kept hearing it from inside the house it went on for about 20 minutes it was horrible yeah man. It, and it was it was yeah, scary, no. and I didn't think I didn't even think so, Bigfoot. That's the thing. I did not. Right? I, mean, I did. I did that for was a second. The, that was the thing. Same. It's a thing with Mothman. It's there. You don't think about it, and luckily that I think that one was quiet. My experience yeah. was utter silence, almost like it. It's it's like it was a shadow, but it pulled in sound and light. Oh Ooh. no, no. That's bad. Uh-uh. Yeah. I don't like the more that. I think about it because as I was trying to get Ryan's attention, I was I couldn't hear I could hear myself speaking from inside my own head. It was the most bizarre Oh, sense like you're of wearing silence. headphones. Yes. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. I'll, it was I'll keep my pretty freaky. little lights, man. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want either of these. That was bullshit. That yeah. Yeah, neither. And of you I didn't want think Bigfoot, I just thought something out there is though. big. Yeah. Well no. Yeah. No. But so. you know, and it wasn't until after it stopped making that noise and we sort of picked at our dinner because you know this happened at midnight and I was making <laughs> dinner at the time because that's what you do, you know, when you're <laughs> you know, freelance writers and artists, you, you don't have normal hours like a normal person. And uh, Zach and I both started listening to sound files on the internet, trying to figure out what it was. And I'm looking up wild boar, elk. There really aren't yeah. wild elk in Ohio, but it could have escaped Moose. from an elk farm. Because you know, it is Ohio and we keep weird shit in farms. Yeah, we this do. happens. This and happens. There's just, there's I, looked up, I looked just up weird stuff. Yeah. I looked up every wolf howl that was on the freaking internet, and I knew it didn't sound like a wolf. It was too loud. Yeah. I looked. I looked up an elephant for God's sake, just in <laughs> case. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bears, grizzly bears, just in case somebody's pet grizzly bear got loose. And yes, that does happen in Ohio. It li- Ohio is Ohio's such a mess. weird on um, so many levels. It's a mess. <laughs> it's, you know, it really um, is. I, I was like, oh, what, what is it? And then Zach had these, you know, because he recorded music. He had these big monitor speakers and he played a sound file from upstairs and the sound filled our high ceilinged great room that I was sitting in. And it was the, that sound. Oh, and I was my like, God. oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's it. That's it. What is it? And he yelled down the, the, you know, down the stairs. He's like, oh, it's Bigfoot. And I went. Uh, what yeah screw you it is not it is not (laughs) he was like yeah it is i went no it's ohio central ohio (laughs) he was like he was like it is and i'm like oh 
And so I went running upstairs and it was um, a howl that was recorded in the 1970s out in uh, Northern California. Man. But it was the same exact sound. Well, and when that put, was, and when he put this, you know, when he turned the volume up on those big speakers, it really was the same sound. Man, and then well, I was, that... then I freaked out, and then I dreamed yeah. about apes in our woods for like a week with glowing oh, yeah. green eyes, and I did not like that. Howler I... monkeys will scare the shit out of you because they wait till you're close and then they yell. <laughs> oh my god, they're god awful. <laughs> they're assholes. I was riding a horse in Costa Rica, and that shit happened to me. I'm like, you're a jerk. Oh my god. <laughs> And they know they're primates. They know what they're doing. Oh, that's oh, yeah. funny. I I appreciate Ugh. that. The Howler ones, monkey. the ones Ugh. at the the uh, a national zoo will do that. Because mm-hmm. because yeah. they can like go over. They have these causeways that they can go across over your head, mm-hmm. and, oh, and they will cool. they will let loose with a mm, yeah. Well, we went. We got. We were close friends with uh zoo vet and we got behind the scenes tour of the ape house they have a they knew who she was they have a very distinct memory and one of them did not like her but one of the things she told us as we're walking in we had to wear masks one of the things she said was warren is my husband is tall and has was wearing a mask and be careful with making eye contact because it's gonna see him as the dominant because he's bigger yeah and as we walked past one cage there's like a line they're like the do not cross uh line as we we walked past one one of them rushed us really hard and slapped this metal door and then but there was another one um the gorilla was up like in the in like an over like a catwalk kind of thing with a cage he wasn't free but he chirped at warren and kind of gave him it was acknowledgement that is it was, cool. That was super cool. That is really so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The the one experience I had with a, a gorilla that was really, really neat was it was at the Toledo Zoo, I think. And uh, the silverback was, you know, sitting kind of bored in his, in his uh, tree. And I came and I squatted down by the corner of the big, you know, picture window. And he saw me and he just clambered down and he came over to my corner and he, he sat down next and he just settled himself cool. and he was sitting there and, uh, he looked right at me and I reached out my fingers and I put them on the glass and then mm-hmm. he put his palm on the glass. That's so cool. And we were sitting there palm to palm and he was calm as anything until my mother arrived <laughs> And said, right. oh, look, there's Barb with the silverback. Take a picture. And then he was like, nah, I'm out of here. No, so I'm not that voice. Uh-uh. And he, he just kind of looked at me like, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then he 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 got up and climbed back in his tree and just kind of turned his back on my mother, you know, lifted his butt to kind of show it and settle himself, you know. So she and- was like, he showed me his butt. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> But I think what blows my mind about them is how massive they are. Oh my they're god, just, it's huge. they're nothing but muscle. And when you think about how big they are, and then you know, Mothman or Mothman and uh, more importantly, Bigfoot is bigger. Yeah, and that's the, just the sheer muscle yeah. in a gorilla. And then yeah. thinking that that 
that is bigger yeah. and that just drains all it, at that point you yeah. have no ability to survive if that took and it into if that, its if that decided head. you were it's yeah it's you're you're done you're just yeah. done <laughs> And and yeah. at that point, the, you the, really the hope only that way they you're actually out are spirit and not a high powered right. rifle. And that's the problem people have and shot even at then, him before and hit them, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything because maybe they're not real. Like, well, they're real. Maybe they're real, but they're not flesh. And like, yeah. that's a whole other. Or they're just thick. Yeah. Because see, Something. here I have here I'll admit I have trouble with. After my experience with Mothman, one of the things that I've really done with other people is I don't try to dig into what their experience would have been from the outside. Because to me, Mothman was a physical being. It, it occupied space. It ate air. It ate light. It made no sense. But the same with uh, Bigfoot. It's It's... It's giving the experiencer the acknowledgement that what they experienced was a solid physical form. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think they are physical sometimes. Yeah. For sure. Think, Whatever it was what, was in my woods. Moved yeah, there enough to vibrate it. Because people know? are worried enough about the, the, you know, oh, you're just seeing shit. That yeah. Yeah. they tie their experience to it being physical because it to yeah. them and to and i say to them because it with me too it was physically there oh yeah and i believe that it was i i okay when i say spirit i don't mean intangible right especially with bigfoot because and i think that's something that needs to be clear yeah. when we talk about this is that there is physical space taken up by oh these yeah things. oh yeah though it may it may not you know, be there 10 minutes later but it is right. there right then yeah oh yeah and bigfoot they, is just such a whole weird topic yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the big man there that, yeah that's another that's another thing that's another thing because i could i could take a left turn to albuquerque and we could just disappear down that <laughs> rabbit hole and <laughs> oh yeah yes we that will. was an on-purpose joke <laughs> <laughs> we will we will take that left turn to albuquerque and leap right into that rabbit hole at some point mm -hmm. um so here we'll talk about something else about being an experiencer you know when mothman was first seen um so we'll we'll keep with keel here mm -hmm. it was two couples in a car driving around on a back road they all saw the same thing mm-hmm and to them, it, it did indeed take up space. It was exactly. indeed physical. Although it did not fly like a bird because it didn't flap its wings. It pretty much right. went straight up into the air and didn't move its wings. And I really do believe that that is what they experienced because I'm not going to tell people what they saw. What if... What's the word? Um, ultrasound is their um propulsion so Maybe. they're not using they're not using air they're using sound it's possible hmm. and the sound fucks us up sorry messes us up it's okay okay 
It's okay. And it just happens that what it uses to travel is what induces terror in us. Or it's, they're they're using magnetism. Yeah, could be magnetic. Because electromagnetic... See that's something I'd like to look into. Crap out of you. If it's I'd like to look into the electromagnetism of the region, these things were seen as well. You know what's going on with the ore, what's going on with um, the mineral content in the soil. Oh yeah, we're that's that's going to be when this COVID nonsense is done. When this foolish pandemic, damn it, is done, we're going to (laughs) do field field research and see what we can find. Yeah, about those kinds of things. But what I was getting at was that was a group of people seeing mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, and a lot of experiencers see things in groups, but most of the time we see things on our own. Um, what about when you see things with other people like the You know, some of the first stuff that I experienced, I talked about my Bigfoot thing and my husband was there. But, you know, when I was a kid, most of what I experienced, I was by myself. And it wasn't until I hit puberty that I actually witnessed things with other people and we all saw the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that always made me feel a little better because I felt like, you know, because when I was a kid and I saw stuff on my own and then I'd tell my parents, they were like, you didn't see that. That's not real. I mean, that was a nightmare. That was a dream. You were dreaming. you were imagining was your dad it. A, was your dad a scientist? No. No, he he worked at Union Carbide. He was okay. uh, an operator. So he gotcha. was a, a machine My and, granddad uh, was plant a scientist. operator. Other side. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. My, yeah. Okay. You're thinking of Uncle Wayne, who was okay. actually my step-grandfather. I don't know why I called him Uncle Wayne. It's just what I called him as a small child, and it stuck, it's, and it's fine. And he was a, he's a. You um, you called him that because he was already Uncle Wayne to another kid. Uh, that's right. That's, that's like my mom's uh, godmother is Nenen Monique for me because Nenen I thought was part of her name, but it actually means godmother in in Aww. our dialect. <laughs> that's a pretty name though. It really is, and my middle name is Monique because of it. So, so um, yeah, and I ask that because I wonder. My dad was a science was science minded, and I often wonder if they didn't try to ground us in reality. You know, if that wasn't part of the reason they're they're not necessarily just in some cases they're not necessarily dismissing it, but they just need to ground put your feet on the ground so well, that your head doesn't get away from you. In my mom's case, I think it was just a a, a yeah. case of. Well, that's just crap. Even though she had experienced stuff in her childhood, their family had all kinds of weird spooky things happen. Maybe it was because it frightened her and she didn't want to think about that. In dad's case, I think, I mean, because he saw things when he was Mm -hmm. in the Navy and his mother had precognitive dreams and his sister had seen strange things. I mean, I grew up in a family where we talked about these things. So I think it was more a case of, well, it's most likely nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't be scared of it. But, you know, it's it's nothing. And so I just learned not to tell them after a Mm -hmm. while. But then when I was a 
in high school and I started seeing things with other people with me. Like one time my best friend and another friend were walking home from hanging out with a bunch of other friends. We were totally straight. We had not imbibed anything. You were not straight. You just hadn't drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We were, we were, we were totally not inebriated in any way. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't straight. (laughs) Um, And neither was she. So, you know, whatever. Um, And we're walking home and there was a full moon and I happened to glance up at the moon and I just stopped in the middle of the street that I was crossing, which is, you know, really a bad thing to do in the city. And, uh, they were like, what are you doing? And I just pointed and they looked up and the moon had split into four circles, four moons. That's what it looked like. Like one, it was like they were stacked together. And one went to one quadrant of the sky, then the next one, and then the third one. So there were four of them in the sky at the same time. And they all looked the same. They were, you know, typical full moon. They were silvery Mm -hmm. white. And they just hung there for about a minute. And we stood there in the middle of the freaking road, staring up. And I was like, do you guys see that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) You know, and and then I said, well, what do you see? Because there was a part of my brain that was like, maybe they're seeing something different than you. And and she she looked at me and she goes, the moon just split apart. There's four moons up in the sky. And I went, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's just wanted be- to check. Just, you know. That's just, be- just want That's because the moon's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's the alleged moon. It's the alleged moon. oh my god well you know i for for that moment they weren't and then all of a sudden they all like somebody's dinging somebody (laughs) dinner's ready i feel like julia child the the oven dinner was cooked first (laughs) i cooked first the dinner is ready bon appetit um anyway so have you all you know Kendra has a theory about, you know, people seeing all the same things at the same time. And it's cool because we just learned that Air Marshal Victor Goddard has the same theory, but he doesn't give it such a picturesque name. I Um, am smart adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) So Morgana, tell us, tell us what, uh, Sir Victor Goddard had to say Thank about you. this business Be- because <laughs> I'm the one who found the Sir Victor. I know Goddard that's why, quote, I'm and I'm excited you. about it because Goddard's that's awesome. I'm telling you to do it because yeah, and I came up with my theory before I can get any Yes, you did. Yes, you <laughs> did because you are brilliant adjacent. Our air marshals. We're professionals, y'all. We're professionals. <laughs> We are. We, it's a good we thing are. we don't get paid for this. <laughs> okay. RAF Air Marshal Sir Victor Goddard, who was involved in the UK's Royal Air UK's Royal Air Force's UFO investigations in the early 1950s, said such sightings are made by persons with latent or active psychic abilities, but that when non-psychics stand within the aura of the psychic percipients, they are also able to see objects which would normally be invisible to them. And that's, like, my goo theory. So my goo theory is everybody is surrounded by their own little energies. 
and some people's energies are closer to other people's energies and they kind of feel an attraction and they get along. Um, it's not necessarily an attraction, attraction, although that happens too, obviously, or else there wouldn't be humans on the planet, but you get people together who would normally experience. And I often wonder if when those people are in, I'll call it a pod. When those people are in the, a pod, do they, are their experiences, are, yeah, are their experiences heightened and then what if you brought somebody in who doesn't experience, can you, is the pod like an antenna focusing the energy so that they start to experience as well? It's like a psychic umbrella. Yeah. In a way. And as I a pure, I think of it as a big bubble. Yeah. As a, a pure big bubble. anecdote. I do think there's something to that because me and my best friend, um, who we've known each other since we were like 11, 12. We've both always had weirdness. We've both seen weird things. Um, and whenever the two of us have been together, that we the level of background bizarre just rises. Um, we're going to try and have her on the show, actually. It'll be because great. Because we have some stories about us being dumb yeah. yeah, us being dumb teenagers and all kinds of weird stuff. There's Black Hat Man, there's <laughs> Oz Factor, um, there's little lights and ghosts and just creepy mirrors. Um, tulpas. Tulpas. So many tulpas. Yeah. Um, and when, you know, we grew up and like, over the age of 18, we just moved in together and uh put the two of us together in house and bring you know a boyfriend or another roommate in who had very rarely or never seen anything weird all of a sudden they're like is the house haunted or would be like yeah do you guys have a black cat which we did not or whatever they would start seeing things um pretty reliably yeah yeah um you know i would i would say i mean the most the most dramatic case was when kendra and i and our friend dave had our uh graduation party mm -hmm. and that was out at my house with the little lights in the woods we called it the falling down the hill house because somebody had built a uh, foundation with no concrete footers so it, it was sliding <laughs> down the weird. hill very slowly. And uh, so, you know, that was the picturesque name that it got. Uh, you know, the the little lights in the sky had been sighted before at a different place. for, And we'd seen them off and on for a while. But we'd never seen them really for a few months. We hadn't seen them at all at the house where we were. And uh, this guy who was uh, Dave's friend comes running into the, the house and Kendra and I are minding our own business, drinking red striped beer and listening to Bob Marley and trying to get drunk. We were doing kind of okay, but uh, <laughs> we weren't super drunk or anything, but we were, we were having fun and we were dancing and uh, Dave and his friend came in and this, this guy had never seen anything weird in his life and his eyes were bugging out. And he was like, I, I've never, I, I, and I looked at Dave and Dave said, they're back. 
and we went outside and and we were sober (laughs) we were suddenly so sober because not only were there lights in the woods there was there was other stuff happening and we will tell the whole story I I don't like saying oh I'm gonna tell a story and then oh I'm not gonna tell it but it would take up like a whole show to tell the whole story and it was um, not swamp gas. It was not swamp gas. Oh a friend of ours said that. He knows who he is. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking at you. <laughs> We're looking at you, Juan. We know. It was not swamp gas. Um, but uh, that was that was one of those times where the goo seemed to surround all of us. And everybody saw something or heard something. Zach didn't see anything. He hardly ever saw anything, but he did hear stuff. Mm -hmm. And there were people at that party who had never seen anything before. And most of them not after either. But there were plenty of other people besides just Kendra and I who were experiencers of some sort or another who had, you know, psychic abilities to kind of feel things, feel energies or, or see things. So, yeah all of us all together just seemed to, I don't know if we drew the stuff to us or if all of our goo oozed together and made us the shiny. Yeah. Maybe we were shiny and it made them all interested to come see us or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we smelled good. I don't know. (laughs) At that time in my life, there is no point that I smelled good. <laughs> yeah, well. And it wasn't just uh oh, it wasn't boy. just the humans because our yeah. dogs and cats were all freaking out too. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. was there was all kinds of messed up stuff happening. So glad and, I was we and not there at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very grateful too. We would have been really worried had you been there. Well, and the weird part about situations like that is when you see it. And then you look at somebody else and they're looking at the same spot. So you know they're seeing something. Oh, yeah. oh, and then yeah. you ask and they describe what you're seeing. That's what always throws me about situations when you're with other people. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, that's why I always ask people, what did you see? Yeah. I don't, for one thing, I don't want to affect what they see by telling them what I saw. I mean, I'm yeah. stubborn. I'm always going to see what I saw. doesn't matter if someone describes it differently. My brain is not going to go, oh, yeah, that's what I actually saw. You right. Know? It's not going to do that. Um, well, and I think most people's brains are set up with, you have a fixed memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, some people, I think, have difficulty sometimes with translations of the information in other parts that surround that specific memory. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're. I think you're very right. Um, and I want to. Yeah. I want to quote Christine Blasey Ford in this when she said, "Imprinted indelibly in my." I forget what part of the brain she said, but I think about that phrase often. Didn't she? Wasn't it cerebral cortex? It's, yeah, it was a cortex. I think it was. I think so. Yeah. You know. What do- one of the things that uh, I noticed about uh, when you say you see, you know, you see something, you're looking in that direction and then another person 
is looking in that direction and you, you can tell that they're seeing something and then you ask them and they describe it to you. That has happened ever since I was in high school so many times that it's, it's kind of eerie. Yeah. But it's good because it also, you know, in the back of my head, because I am sort of scientifically minded, although I really don't sound like it right now talking about (laughs) Mothman and Bigfoot and UFOs and ghosts and little lights in the woods and all that. Um, But I am, I'm, I'm actually fairly skeptical. Um, You know, it helps me to know I'm not hallucinating. Yeah. Yes. And don't give me that mass hysteria nonsense. No. Yeah. yeah. I hate that explanation because I do not believe that mass hysteria gives everybody the exact same hallucination all at the same time down to every single detail. It doesn't. Ergotism no. doesn't. It doesn't. Do that. It doesn't. No. Yeah. Also, if That's it was Ergotism, most trial... of those people would have died. <laughs> because well, yeah. it kills it, you. That's why in witch trials, people give slightly different descriptions because they're not all seeing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and like the witch trials were also some... That's well, ooh. some nonsense. And Honestly, and we should probably do a random historical Getting rid of some people that, that you just didn't like. Yeah, well, I would like your land, please. Oh, I'd love to. Because that's just yeah. interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It was a hippocampus. Just a hippocampus? Ah. The hippocampus. I, when it, I it thought about to... my My nephew had brain surgery um, for temporal lobe seizures. So I got fascinated with what specific areas of the brains works. What it, what the what specific areas of the brain do, do. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, I really, it both makes me feel better when other people see stuff and makes me a lot more uncomfortable when other people are seeing the same thing I am. Well, yeah. Because I know I'm not nuts, but oh crap, I'm not nuts. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Especially when you're in a haunted asylum with your best friend and you're not supposed to be there and... You both get the exact same, did you hear that moment? <laughs> you know? Which is the thing yeah. you know, my, my best friend and I would do. Is we would be, something weird would be happening. And we would look at each other. And we wouldn't do the, did you see, what do you see? We would be like, on the left. And she'd be like, yeah. the thi-, And I'm like, uh-huh, the thing. And she's like, let's go. Or we'd be like the left or she'd be like the left and I'd be like, oh, there's another one on the right. And she went, oh, crap. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. I really, I really want to talk her into coming and talking about some stuff. Because we've been talking about this recently. We can definitely do that. And like, there's just so much stuff from when we were kids that I'm like, oh, my God. I haven't thought I haven't thought about that in years. So, what do you think makes people into experiencers or percipients? I mean, there's there's been a lot of a lot of things that have been put forward as possibilities, 
uh, Keel put some of them forward himself. Um, some of the things that people have discussed are genetics, like psychic abilities run through run in families. Um, I do think that's well, to an extent something true I've read about is in our own family. There's it weird. Yeah. Kendra, yeah. what were you saying? There's there's something that I had actually not not thought about in years. It's called limbic resonance. And it the reason I got to thinking about it is the the hippocampus has to do with a limbic limbic system. Limbic system. Yeah. Exactly. And limbic resonance is the ability to see, share deep emotion between two people. Ah. Um there's a great show called Sensei. It's sci-fi and it it it's it's about that. It's a really cool show. Um, it is sci-fi. It's not actual reality, but they, they do a really great job with it. Um, but I, I wonder if, you know, it the genetic component affects your hippocampus yeah. and therefore your limbic resonance. It could That's be possible. It could be. And that could be part of the goo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the other commonalities among among experiencers seems to be trauma childhood trauma whether um physical or emotional um and of course trauma is imprinted on your limbic system and your hippocampus yep i know i have ptsd you know while we're talking some you know uh diagnoses Mm-hmm. And uh, that is because my limbic system is all kinds of alert all the time. That's your mm-hmm. fight or flight. That's that's where um, your uh, your ability to survive lives. You know mm-hmm. that's and so <laughs> ours is just a little extra. It's just a, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's well, a and bit, what's it's a little bit about, overclocked. Yeah. And the thing about PTSD is you don't realize you're in it. You're behaving in accordance with your input. Everybody else around you is like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm here doing my thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, there is, there is a, a large correlation in experiencers and contactees and abductees, UFO abductees and UFO contactees, which are two different things, um, and having childhood trauma. So, which isn't, isn't always like, you know, emotional or physical or whatever abuse based. Like that's also like Aunt Kendra lost her dad at a very young age. That's that's trauma. That's trauma. Absolutely. Or being very, very ill when you're young is also yeah. trauma. And that also connects into shaman things. Yes. Like I nearly the... died. I nearly hey. died of uh, pneumonia when I was five. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and trauma isn't a singular event. No. Trauma is a cluster no. of events. No, it's, it's not, not just, you know, it's not just that. Like for me, it's not just that my dad died. It's it's that my dad died, and then other things happened as a ripple. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, your dad died. Dying was the rock, the little pebble it, that dropped. The rock in the pond. Yeah, it dropped into the pond of your psyche, yep. and yep. then the ripples went out. Yep. 
And yep, I actually wrote a piece about that a while ago. Maybe I'll post that on the blog. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, a, another thing that that Keel actually was an early um researcher who looked at this was anomalous experiences with lightning or electricity. Um recently people superpowers! have done some research Sorry. and have discovered <laughs> and have discovered that um people well okay ufos could be explained by anomalous electrical activity and electromagnetic activity um albert budden is one of the biggest proponents of that theory but it's he's not the only one and there is some validity to that theory i think um because if you look at where ufos are seen time after time after time there's a correlation with uh electromagnetic fields uh that can be generated by uh bedrock like uh granite bedrock or Mm -hmm. quartz deposits paging Uh, yes yes sorry (laughs) yes it can be it can also be a case of an electrical substation being right next to your house or in an area those generate, side those yeah. Athens west side I truth truth yeah yeah Kendra I and I both lived on the right west side now. and, and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you live on the west side and mm-hmm. yeah the central avenue was no joke yes and, and there was yep that was that is exactly the neighborhood we lived in and there was an electrical substation right in the middle of all that I and, had I had my first weird limbic resonance moment at that house on Brown. You don't know about it because you were on the phone. So I was, hey, you were on the phone talking to somebody. I was sitting on the couch. I did something to Lariel, but Lariel was like, no. <laughs> we had a moment, and it scared the living shit out of me. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm done. And I just kind of waved to you and left. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was, I, I got home, and my phone was ringing. And it was a friend of mine on the phone, and he said, what did you just do? I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, I just had the most strong feeling of fear from you. What happened? Oh, wow. And I was like, what the heck? And then after that, he and I shared the, like weird little thought patterns. It was really strange. The Psychic Friends Network. Like yes. on steroids but, for that But moment. yeah, that was that was crazy. And then like we'd play D and D he'd DM and I would pass notes cause I didn't want the party to know what was going on. And he would pass notes back it more than once. He would, we would pass notes and they would cross in the middle and it'd be the same thing. Mine was the question and his was the answer. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. Cool. But creepy. Exactly. It's that's, like, that's much really of, much of that's, this that's, is cool, but creepy yeah it's like i want to feel like i have a little more control (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing is even if we have these abilities they're not super controllable most of the time yeah and they they come and go and they wax and wane having the sight kind of sucks like you can't do anything with the sight yeah you just have it and And it's never useful no 
No, it, it really I, isn't. <laughs> yeah. I we were at a restaurant once and I just handed my friend a stack of napkins, totally different friend. And he takes him from me and he looks at me like, what is wrong with you? And right as he starts to look back at the napkin, a guy across the table dumps a big cup of uh, Coca-Cola over and it's rushing towards my friend. And he's like, did you know? I'm like, no, I just decided you needed napkins. And I knew that. And he's like, okay. Didn't know why. (laughs) And he scooted away from me in the bench. I'm like, I I do this sometimes. I can't help it. Just enjoy the fact that you don't have a lap full of Coca-Cola right now. (laughs) Right? Be grateful for that, damn it. Yeah. Don't be scooting away. Yeah, right? I helped I, you, asshole. I could have not given you the side. napkins. Yeah, that's right. I could have been sitting there going, he needs napkins. I ain't gonna pass them. Forget <laughs> you. <laughs> I ain't passing Coca-Cola. shit. <laughs> so, well, and it's like, I said, me, been- me and my best friend, we could read each other's minds, kind of, but I mean... And we could also speak without speaking, but that's because we could communicate mm-hmm. purely by facial expression and like yeah. very small micro expressions. Yeah. And we is... knew each other so well. Do you have ADHD? Me? No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I ask because, um, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there's a theory out there that because sense- senses are an electrical impulse, there's a lag time between the sense and the perception and then the, the lag between the perception and the re- reaction. Um, you have shortcuts that'll take your hand out of a hot fire, but that's a whole different thing. One of the things that the theories out there is that people with ADHD process information more quickly. So we're actually, I have it. So we're actually like not even a whole second faster in perception so we're able to react to things almost on a psychic level because we perceived it and started to respond to it before the other person has fully processed. That is yeah. really cool and interesting. And I wonder if mania does anything similar. I would suspect it does. I would imagine. Uh, I would because absolutely if so, suspect that, it that does. would be... Because you're in why. hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not useful hyperdrive, though. <laughs> like, no, when ever... you clean your whole... When you clean your whole house in a go, it is useful, but yeah, only briefly. Does that too, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, it's it's sort of useful, like, but generally not. Um, uh, hypomania is useful. Yeah. Okay. Full on mania, not so useful. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, um. So y- you know, lightning, electrical stuff. Um, EM fields. I think also being sort of aware, maybe having mm-hmm. sort of an openness and an awareness. Yeah. I would say of spirit, but then it sounds like having an awareness of spirit, and that's not that's what great. I mean. But yeah, yeah just being observant. Um, People you know, what don't am I look up? Well, yeah, I mean, observant I, and present. One of the things for people don't look up. One of my experiences, and it was not paranormal at all. I was this is when I lived in Maryland. I was getting out of my car in a parking lot to go to Bed Bath and Beyond because I needed me some sheets, and uh, I saw movement 
up in the sky above my head. So, you know, I looked up and I'm standing in the parking lot and there was an owl being mobbed by crows. (laughs) And it was awesome. It was like giant bird drama right above my head. (laughs) So I'm like standing there like a jackass in the middle of the giant parking Mm -hmm. lot staring because it's it's the wild kingdom up above my head i'm gonna Mm -hmm. watch and people were you know walking past me and they'd sort of slow down and look at me like what Mm -hmm. is she doing (laughs) did any of those fools look up no (laughs) clearly i am looking up because you're but, a crazy lady in a parking lot. <laughs> if they make eye contact, they're, you're their responsibility. Oh, yeah. No, that is totally a thing. That it's is true. a thing. It's true. That's a thing. But what was funny is finally one of them came over to me and said, what are you looking at? And I said, look up. There's a crow being mobbed or there's an owl being mobbed by crows. And he stopped and he looked up and he went, oh, why are they doing that? I'm like, okay, now you think I'm psychically connected to these bitches and you want to know why they're doing it. I said, I don't know, but crows will do that to to predatory birds that mess with their nests or come too close to their their food supply or into their territory. They just don't like owls because owls will Eat steal the their babies. You yeah. know, they, they don't eaters. They don't, they do it to hawks and eagles too. And yeah, because they're baby like, eaters. He was like, wow, how'd you know that? And I just looked at him. I'm like, I read. I just, I, I mean, I, I was a zoology major at one point, but I'm, it's just, it's bird behavior, man. And then yeah. he realized, wait a minute, I'm it's talking to the crazy lady in the middle of the parking lot. I made eye contact leave. and now I got to get the heck out because now I'm hey, responsible for this crazy. He asked. That's the problem. <laughs> he <laughs> asked. I did not uh-huh. ask him to come talk to me. Mm-hmm. So he just went, oh, well, have a nice day. And then, you know, he hurried away and uh-huh. went into the and went into the bed, bath and beyond. And when I saw him in there later, he wouldn't look at me. So cause it, was yeah. the crazy, it was the crazy owl and crow lady. The owl and crow lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wearing all black. So maybe he thought I was yeah. something uncanny and whatever. I mean, I am, but, you know. Because whatever. we're women, it always comes down to what we wore. Oh. <laughs> Truth. Sorry. It's I... Sometimes the bitter leaks out. Like your, your, when you catch your vomit in your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm, listeners. I'm... <laughs> she sometimes didn't mean to be that visceral, but you know, <laughs> sometimes some it's just fine. leaks out. You now you leave it in there. Now leave you know what you're in for. Oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna leave it. Don't worry. Great. <laughs> Hi, mom. Okay, but like seriously, uh, I think I think part. I'm trying to rein this crap in. I'm. I don't know why I'm trying. I'm like the right. least like qualified to rein anything in um (laughs) but i do think some of it is just part of what makes an experiencer is you were in the right place at the right time or you're just paying attention or you were in the wrong place at the wrong time exactly that too but like or you were in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place in the wrong time the right place at the right time yeah Yeah. something like that or you're the wrong person at the right place 
What if, what is time anyway? It's an illusion. Yeah. It's a dimension. So time travelers are dimensional travel. Yes, absolutely. That is the case. All you have to do is watch, you know, a couple of good episodes of Doctor Who and you'll know that. Yeah. Like, seriously. So, wibbly wobbly. We talk about Athens. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. So, we talk about Athens a lot. Athens, Ohio. It's not Athens, Georgia. It's not Athens, Greece. It's there are other pla- cool. Athens, Tennessee. <laughs> it's not Athens, Tennessee. Uh, well, if we were that cool, we wouldn't be speaking English, I don't think. Um, it's not. It's not Athens in a box. It's not Athens with a fox. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fox here. Thank you. Um, but it's <coughs> Athens, Ohio, which is in southeastern Ohio, in Appalachian, Ohio. So it's hilly. And beautiful um and it is a weird place like like we said early on and and we'll talk a lot about athens in our podcast because a lot of the strange things that have that we have experienced have happened here um well, but wh- why do we think athens is strange what what factors go into making uh, a weird place we've talked about what makes a weird person <laughs> what do we think i one of the things the See that that's kind of my my geek state is I'm interested yep. in I, I get very interested in why this specific spot. What is what is the mineral content of the ground? What is the groundwater like? Um are there iron deposits? What is the um magnetism of the area? Uh, um you know, all the factors that come together in a specific area to create that Sedona is like that where it's just, there's something about it that creates that pool of energy. Sedona, Taos. Exactly. Um, now my brain is going, I I know where the little people play New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Northern California, Yosemite. Yep. Uh, so Mount Shasta. And that's one of the things that I would like to, that we're going to be getting into is digging into the USGS maps, overlaying maps, figuring out, you know, what is it about these regions, you know, where the uh, cavern systems, bedrock composition, electromagnetic, ground conductivity, all that stuff, uh, aquifer, lightning strikes, all of that, just to figure out is, is there something that creates that space? To test our hypothesis that electromagnetism yeah. no, and the, electricity have something to do with this. It's the goo. What and, makes the goo? Oh, yeah. And we have a fourth guy. We Because yes. we, we've talked about the fifth guy. That's my husband who runs sound and makes music for us and stuff. Um, but we have a fourth guy, which is why we have a fifth guy. Um, because without the fourth guy, we, we would just have a fourth guy. Um, and his name is Chris. And he's an actual scientist. Um, he's a physicist and a data scientist. And right now he is putting together databases of humanoid sightings. Um, and he's also going to be adding to that database uh, all sorts of other sightings, including UFOs and, and Bigfoot and ghosts. Um, I've been searching the internet for open database uh sources for him to add to this and what he's going to do what he's what he's already done is he's compared um ufo 
known UFO flap years, and a UFO flap year is when the number of UFO sightings goes precipitously up from, you know, former it's years. It's when a whole bunch of shit happens. It's when shit goes down. <laughs> like That's a what- lot. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. And what he discovered when he looked at the data that was very kindly shared with him by author Albert Rosales. Who's a wonderful, wonderful man. He is. He is. And he has 17 volumes of humanoid sightings. And he's a great author and a great researcher, guys. So go look his books up. Go look his stuff up. Sorry. Um. Anyway, he shared it, it his data polite. with us. And Chris... Chris compared the years that humanoid sightings went up with years that ufo sightings went up and good golly miss molly they correlate they they line right up ufo flap years you know at first he didn't have the ufo data so he was like okay i'm gonna list off the you know some years and you ladies tell me it, it, it and if any of these are significant and he's like you know 1966 1967 1970 1972 we're going bingo bingo, bingo. you know and and i'm like flap year flap year flap year because i have a brain full of useless knowledge like that and so (laughs) we found that and then he he actually looked up some ufo data from other databases and went you're right they line up we're like we know i'm like i know i remember dumb (laughs) things correlation (laughs) i remember dumb things so that's the first bit, but eventually he's going to start mapping these things, not only in time, but in space. So he's going to be mapping them on, you know, maps that we can then compare with USGS maps. Right. Which is going to be really cool. So that's hopefully. That's the plan anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the big plan. Um, and uh, we couldn't do it without Chris because no, he couldn't. understands how computers mm-hmm. and databases and stuff works. Because we and don't. he's he's the skepticalist member of the group, and we need somebody over there who can be like, okay, ladies, <laughs> you know. But the truth, okay, he is <laughs> sort of skeptical, but in some ways, I think Zach's more skeptical than he is. Yeah, I yeah, think our first guy is actually more skeptical. Well, and yeah. and my and that's good because you always need super, one. Super skeptical, you... but he's not a member of the team. Oh Lord, yes. <laughs> you, you because he's super super skeptical, and he's sensible. Yeah. <laughs> Who stays out of that? Shit. And he's like, <laughs> my, yeah, he's like, uh, uh-uh. my husband just looked at my husband just looks at me funny and says, "Whatever." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's known you long enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> gonna talk about some crazy stuff whatever my boyfriend's (laughs) probably gonna pack sandwiches for us on field expeditions and be like don't get abducted ha 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 and i'm gonna be like (laughs) you suck so hard (laughs) we're gonna get in the car oh yeah yeah because he's a nice man so you know a large chunk of of what we're gonna what we want to do is to you know we want 60JK to be the place where folklore and facts meet. So it, it's we're not going to just talk about the stories. 
and talk about our experiences and other people's experiences, but we're going to try to see what we can do with that data and, and see if we can get some conclusions. Now, I don't expect to crack the mystery of the paranormal. In fact, I know we will not. Sure um, we will. <laughs> what was the Russian <laughs> making crappy pancakes and giving them to Joe Simonton? Russian the Well, he didn't want any caviar. You know, maybe that's why they didn't have salt in them. Yeah, because that's why we don't, don't have salt. Because you're going to put caviar in sour cream. Ugh, I hate caviar. It's so gross. It's so good, though. No. The salmon stuff is good. I mean, I've never salmon had is the good, but that's not crazy caviar. expensive that's not caviar. caviar. Oh, no. I've had expensive caviar. I've had sturgeon. It's, it's, it's very much an acquired yeah. everything. Taste, texture, the whole, it's in a whole experience, and you have to be ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. No. It's hard to be ready for it. Although the the, the champagne they gave me afterwards was much better. And it did make it go down. There you go. Because it was dry champagne. It helped. I think that's that's basically, you know, what we're gonna talk about. We're kind of trying to work in the in the in the mold of uh John Keel, kinda taking him as a as a as our He's our spirit guide. Yeah, he's our spirit. He would love that, wouldn't he? He would think laugh. It was funny. That's he part of why laugh. I said it. He'd think it was funny. Um, he's our spirit guide. That's right. And uh, we're going to try to be like him and not believe. Because as he said, belief is the em- enemy. The enemy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> belief is There's the enemy. There's going to be a lot of poop jokes if we go down that road. Oh, oh my God. You know there is. That's another thing we should probably oh, warn God. our listeners about. We, we are both... Uh, we have we make poop jokes all the time and um it just happens i cuss a lot we cuss a lot it's just it's gonna happen sometimes we're gonna try to be behave ourselves but we can't Mm. promise it's they're trying to behave themselves i'm i'm trying to restrict to my answering the phone boys Uh, yeah so we're going to try to be like John Keel and investigate and listen and tell stories and look for answers, but we don't truly expect to find the answers because I don't think that's the main, I think the quest is the important part. Yeah. Well, yeah. The question and, and the quest. Well, yeah. yeah. So that's what we've got. Well, I think, and as far for as first belief, episode of six I, degrees of John Keel. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Girl. No. Sorry, Kinder my was bad, saying my bad. something. Like in the I, middle, it's as bad as well, it, it is, man. I was actually talking before she started saying things. My thing's lagging. I'm so sorry. It's, it's a lag thing. No, it was the lag. We're not recording and, this in the same room because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're doing this over the internet and there is a lag on, on Morgana. So if we sound like we're just being rude as hell and talking over each other, we're not really. I mean, sometimes we are. I'm, okay. Except when we are. Okay, Kendra, go ahead. <laughs> I think with regard to belief, I will absolutely believe that something happened to an individual. The question absolutely. is what? Yeah, Absolutely. That's not the belief that I think he thought right. was, was problematic. I think dogma. Oh, agreed. 
yeah, dogma was dogma. what he I was, was more just providing that as information for people listening to understand that we believe that something happened. We just don't the know what it is. is what it is. Yeah. Or what causes it. Well, I think in my personal way of looking at things is I'm trying to remove from myself the idea that I know what something is when it's happening. That. I'm trying to just look at the data itself, look at what I see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and sense, and try to write it down without analysis, and then later look at it with analysis, with an analytic eye. Yeah. Um, because I have found that I think I have a better, more accurate look at what's happening when it's happening if I'm not analyzing it at the same time or not sticking it into a belief structure. Yeah. I mean, I don't tend to belief structure stick at first, but sense. I do have moments where I'm like, is that really what I think it is? I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm it's not like nearly as sophisticated like the about this as y'all are. <laughs> well, you're only 30. You, you got a few more years. Well, that, and I mean, like, if it, mom, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and shits like a duck, it's probably a duck. Quite like, likely. But with this kind of thing, if it if it can shape shift, then yeah, it well, could. Yeah, it, but at it that could point, Bigfoot uh, pretending to be a duck. Okay, that's fine, but, like, how am I supposed to know that? Exactly. So, like, I'm not gonna definitely say, well, this is for sure Bigfoot, or this is most definitely a ghost. But, like, I'm also not gonna just call everything some weird generic thing. Like, no, I saw a strange figure in the mist. Uh, no, I'm not like, I'm not No, I saw my ass saw that, a banshee. Saying. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I've been staring no, at this snake why I was... for too long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's sitting in the snake room at her house. That's that's why but, there's a snake yeah, there. No, don't, don't be worried that there's a snake that has infiltrated and is threatening no, her. She would be my... a lot less quiet if that was happening. No, my, my python is just like, I want to play and I have to keep like kind of explaining to it that like I, I can't take you out while I have headphones and yeah. cords because you're going to think that's fun and then it's going to be a whole thing and she's just not grasping All that right. she can't come out right now. You know, I think we've probably covered what we're going to cover for today. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Um so that's that's what we have for our first episode of 6 degrees of John Keel. We're hoping to produce episodes at least every other week and eventually maybe more than that. And we don't uh know. we're new at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're faking it. Fake it till you make it. Yep. <laughs> 